Hello and welcome to a new episode of God's Not Done With Us Yet. This is Season 2, Episode 12, entitled The Heart of the Matter. So, I am... Okay, so it is 10.45 p.m. I did not see tonight's episode of Big Brother. I'll watch it in the morning. Um, But... I am in a different mood today. It is more of a chill mood. I am on my sofa. I have my blanket on. I have like one lamp in the distance. And I'm just feeling really cozy. But we're going to go through Diggers Counting On, Love and Marriage High School, and also Big Brother Season 22 All-Stars. So let's just get into the show. So counting on the Duggars, I thought it was a cute episode per usual, but a little bit of reality news. In the past week, we learned that Early 2021 will be the last season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I know I said, oh, I might tune into the next season of Keeping Up with the Oh, yes, because I wanted to watch Kanye's presidential run. That's why I was like, why do I want to watch it? Like, I haven't watched that show in years. Because I want to see that nonsense. But I guess there will be no more Keeping Up With The Kardashians, which is fine by me because I stopped watching it years ago. But I thought I would mention it in today's episode because now I'm fairly confident that the Duggars will outlast the Kardashians as the longest-running family on reality TV. I know that they celebrate the, the Kardashians so much about being reality TV, but they don't talk about the Duggars. These people talk about watching someone grow up like Kylie and the other girl. I should know the other uh, Kendall and Kylie. No. We've really seen the Duggars grow up. And we're right now watching the grandchildren Duggars grow up. And, you know, hopefully this don't end up messing up counting on and they mysteriously disappear this year. I'll be so hurt because I love watching them but I just thought that was really neat I was like look at the Duggars sitting there outlasting the Kardashians on reality TV well I watched the last season of the Kardashians on reality TV it is highly unlikely I'm not a lot so usually with long, long running shows I would love the show and I will fall off like well before the show is over. I will start watching it. And and then sometimes I used to have a history like with The Office. I watched the I stopped watching it. And then like, it was like, oh, it's the last season. Let me sit here and watch it. But as of late, I do not even tune in for the last season. Like Modern Family, I didn't tune in for the last season. And Big Bang Theory, I did not tune in for the last season. So... I think I would continue that trend and just let conditions play out for their last season. But I forgot to start my timer. Let me just go ahead and do that. But um, let's just get on back to Counting On. This was a cute episode. 
And in Arkansas, they had a bachelor party. I think Amy, no, it's John's his wife, Abby. I forget the girl's name at the moment. I think it's Abby. I guess she had the baby early, so they weren't able to have a, a baby shower. So they decided to have a bachelor party. I don't know if that's a new name or a new thing. Maybe the Duggars would start a trend with that. I don't know if the Duggars started gender reveal trend. I don't, I don't know. I don't pay attention to things too much of uh, what people do for important life moments. But they had a bachelor party. And at the party, they played basketball with diapers and ate steak that was cooked in the oven. That's what it looked like on cheap paper plates and plastic straws utensils. Like they didn't eat nothing with the steak. Just just the oven cooked steak. But you know, they were happy. And so in my opinion that was a crazy night. That night was quite crazy. I feel like that was the craziest bachelor party that that, that we will ever see. Yeah. But at the same time it was it was okay to bring children because baby Spurgeon came. I was like, look at baby Spurgeon at the bachelor party. I was entertained. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of Spurgeon and his commentary. Also, we found out that Joy is having a girl. Yay, Joy. But on the West Coast, we saw that um, Jeremy's friends came over and they went sledding and to the beach because they live in Cali. And I guess that's just a thing that they like to, uh, in California, if you're going to have a commercial show, the, the versatility of the state. Like, you could do almost anything in California. I feel like that's what they're teaching us. And at the beach, they flew a kite. Or they flew a couple of kites that Felicity was not enthralled with at all. She was like, child boo, but those kites. But I was entertained by it because it reminded me of my kite adventures. (laughs) I did not grow up with kites, but randomly, like, I was all the way grown. I was, if I wasn't 30, I was pushing 30. And on a whim, I sat there and went to a hobby store and bought a kite. And I bought a beginner's kite because I was like, I don't know if I can handle the, the advanced kite. So I sat there and bought that beginner's kite. And I put that thing together. And I may be smarter than the average bear, but I do have my slow moments. And I guess evidence of my slow moments. I was so happy I got this kite and I and, and I brought it home. And I was like, oh, I, I got a kite. And my brother was like, don't fly it around and paralyze. I'm like, how slow do you think I am? I know that the flying kite around and paralyze. And then I told another of my brothers, like, oh, I got a kite. And I'm so excited. I'm going to have fun with it. And he was like, don't fly it around paralyze. I'm like, y'all ain't right. Y'all be doing me wrong talking about don't fly the kite. I, I watched. I read Ben and B. I do. I watched the little cartoon with Ben Franklin. I know that. The, oh yeah, that was that was a store. Well, that's the same thing. It's electricity. <laughs> I know that the fly kite near electricity. But um, I was looking like a crazy, a plum fool out there flying my little kite when I uh, had it because, and and unknown to me, I put the kite together wrong, even though it was a beginner kite, 
and it couldn't catch the air because of it. And so I was I was running all over the beach multiple occasions and running all over the park. I went to the park by myself, caught myself flying this cart one day, running around <laughs> like a plug fool trying to get that thing in the air and it would not go in the air at all. <laughs> and then one day I was like, something clicked. I was like, oh, let me flip this little stick around. And then it just went up in the air like, bloop, bloop, bloop. Like, no problem. It went in the air like, oh, that's all I had to do to, to fly the kite. And, like, that was, like, the second and last time I ever flew the kite. I flew that time, and I flew another time. And all I did was just sit in the air, and I was done with the kite. I think when I moved, I threw it away. But I would do it again. I would buy another kite one day. One day randomly, I'm probably am going to buy, I'm going to buy an advanced kite next time and fly it. But anywho, I think what else, I think, uh, yeah, that's essentially all that happened on the Duggars this episode. But I don't think, like, so Joy had the baby, we know Joy's having a girl baby, and she had a blood test to find out the baby, so that had to have been early in the pregnancy and the episode, and it also had to have been, like, around January, so that means the baby is coming soon. Um, like like this month or October or something. And I also think that it hasn't come because usually they're really quick to show a little 10-minute episode of them having the baby when they do have the baby. So for my prayer list this week, I'm going to pray for Joy and her pregnancy and she has a good delivery. And I'm also going to pray the same thing for Ginger because we saw the Corona special and we saw a recent Duggars thing. No, no, no. She, that she lost that baby. So we haven't seen um, Ginger be pregnant with the new baby, but we did see in a Corona special that she was pregnant. So I will pray for both of those ladies and their deliveries that are coming soon. I don't know if Ginger's baby is going to be a girl or a boy. I'm I'm just going to keep, I don't know what, the, I'll keep the, the gender, the baby alone since the, the, it's already been determined, I guess. The baby don't incubate it enough to get a gender, but I will at least pray that they have a nice delivery. So let's move on to Love and Marriage Huntsville. So this episode, in my opinion, had a slow start, but it ended good. And, you know, some stuff happened. Mel fumbled over her lines with this play practice. And then um, they had, in Kimmy's household, they had a conversation about planning Monster's birthday. And they essentially laughed at all his little ideas, which I thought was messed up because his ideas weren't expensive. So y'all better be happy he's not extravagant or um, got high expectations. Y'all could have said then got a little minivan to tow his friends around. And y'all could have maybe let him stay home from school that day. But no, they decided to just laugh at Monster. So I'm going to put Monster on the prayer list that his parents and step-parents and things, and they should keep take him a little more serious. And what else happened on, on Love, and Hint, Love and Marriage Huntsville before the main thing that happened on it? Oh yes, the um, Kimmy's husband sat there and took the bar, so they had a "you took the bar" party for him, 
So that was nice. And of course, uh, Tisha's husband tried it. He decided that was the appropriate venue because, you know, the cameras was there to try the nice, nasty pass, the little job he didn't want to do for Destiny. I think that's her name, Destiny. He didn't want to do a job because only $50,000. So he decided to try to pass it on to Melanie by getting the architect. Be like, oh, yeah, I can mentor her. I just want to mentor her. She's like, oh, that's nice. Yeah, we could do that. And then Melanie wasn't having it. She probably didn't decline in the classiest way. But Tisha, of course, took that personal, what she was saying, and got all the way unnecessary. And usually I was to say Tisha's acting Tisha, acting crazy for no reason. But the episode did expose why Tisha is always so defensive. Like, super extra defensive over the littlest things. And it was always evident, but this episode spelled it out. Which is, you know, good for me. Because I sometimes I I think things, I think, oh, maybe I'm interpreting it wrong. But when you spell it out, it's like, oh, okay, I wasn't interpreting it, it wrong at all. And, of course, the reason why she was being so defensive or she's like, her response to the smallest offenses are always so extreme. It's just because she is, like, insecure about who she is and how she was raised. And even though she is trying to hide it with all her defensiveness, she really just feels inferior to her husband. And, of course, she feels this way. Because, you know, her family was poor in country and she had dark skin and his family was of a higher socioeconomic group, it appears to be. And maybe his family might have had more light skinned people in it, too. So, of course, part of her nose isn't it true. So that's why she puts on that facade and she's extra defensive in any type of comment that is disparaging around a lower socioeconomic group or around darkness or around being you know ghetto or being inarticulate or being dumb but I kind of also think she kind of really believes that about her as well and essentially, she needs to get that stuff worked out. She needs to go to some counseling and fix that because her snapping to these. And, and yes, people are sending her microaggressions, and that's not right. But instead of getting hurt, well, you can't help with what hurts you. Instead of being defensive or. Because she responds also with not microaggressive, aggression, aggression. Instead of her responding by saying aggressive things, she should instead mark that person and know, okay, that is someone who does not for me. That is someone who does not care for me. And just keep it moving and just avoid them if you can. So, and not let the what they're saying 
don't allow that to make a big weight on your life because you know that person is not for you and you know what they have to say is not true. So she just needs to um, work on that type of stuff. And her husband, instead of, it's both, I guess it's, it's hard because she needed she she needed that to know that girl that's a personal problem she needed that to be exposed, but I felt bad that it was exposed like that on camera, because that's really um, and it kind of made her husband seem a little insensitive, and like it's obvious that that's her issue. And she did need to be told about maybe not in a public setting like that. But, of course, he didn't want, he was too busy trying to defend himself. Like, you're not going to make me look like I'm someone who looks down on people because they come from this, they come from that. You, you definitely not. So that's kind of why, probably why he did that. Well, that's not probably, that is why he did it on camera. He's being defensive. But I think that He, him knowing that she has those issues and maybe he's he is recently realizing this this the seriousness of her issues because I think and I kind of thought he knew she had those issues and he was kind of like taking advantage of them previously but after watching this I kind of feel like because that's why she waited on him hand and foot and gave up everything for him. Because I believe she thought that is what she needed to do be it, to be able to. Cause she, her in and of herself was not good enough to get a good man, aka someone of his socioeconomic status. So she thought in order to qualify for a man like that, she would have to wait on him hand and foot. And he. I think he interpreted that action as her being a team player and them working to achieve stuff for their family together. And he was playing his part and she was playing her part. And they were both given sacrifice to, to be able to build this common goal, which was this company from the ground up to build a legacy for the family. So that's why he really valued her as a partner and a wife because that's what he wanted that's what he wanted in his partnership and he thought that's what she was doing and she was doing it from that motive but she wasn't she was really doing it out of an inferiority complex and trying to qualify to be with him not to build a family so when her self-esteem got built a little bit she just dropped all that stuff to the wayside but that so that kind of, you know, confused him because he thought, well, I thought that was you out of the just the pureness of your heart. Because really, he's that's why he's doing a lot of what he's doing, not for ego or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. He kind of egoist. But I thought the main reason he's doing a lot of that is to build something for his family. And he thought she was doing all that stuff to build something for her family as well. Where in actuality, she was doing that to qualify for a certain level of status. So um, the point of me rambling about all this is, number one, she should need help. And anyone who is 
doing things out of an insecure place, they need help as well. Hopefully they recognize that. So, of course, teachers are going to be on my prayer list today and that people do recognize who got a, a hurt to address that and be healed of it. But the other reason I bring that up is because I think people nowadays, well, you know, they don't because that's why they have the same actions speak louder than words. So people do have some type of understanding that words can be, words talk is cheap. If you're trying to find a partner or find a spouse, you need to look at their actions. But this thing really shows you need to look even beyond actions and look at the motive of the actions. Because that's what God does. Like, yes, we kind of get confused with the things in the Bible. We think, oh, God say do this or don't do that. We can get caught up in actions. But really, he's talking about the heart. That was wrong because they did it. Not because of the particular action a lot of times. It was wrong because they did that out of an unpure heart. And something that was done was good not necessarily because it was this is a good thing like we if you do this you are good but no they have a pure heart and that's why they did that and that's why I think good for example the story of Cain and Abel Abel gave the lamb and Cain gave the vegetables and God accepted the lamb and did not accept the vegetables and so people could get caught up and say oh then I need to give lambs. If I give a lamb, I give a good offering. If I give vegetables, I'm giving a bad offering. No, God accepted the lamb because the lamb was the first fruit. It was the first and the best of what he had. And Cain just gave his little leftover vegetables after he done saved all the, made sure he had enough for the year and he just gave whatever was left over to God. That's why God didn't like Cain's gift and he liked Abel's gift so that's the same type of principle instead of looking like oh this woman is good for me because she's doing this that and the other and this woman is not so good for me because she did a little less of this that and the other no why is this woman doing this that and the other is she doing that because she feel like she's not good enough for you that's a problem and this other woman may not be doing this, that, and the other, but the reason why she's not doing this, that, and the other, because she's spending more of her time helping out those who are less fortunate, because she knows that's a good thing, to, you know, because she really cares about people who are going without. She might actually be a better choice, you know, if you look at the motive behind it. And, you know, there's, of course, I have a scripture to back this up. It's 1 Samuel 16 and 7. And in this story, it's just like Samuel, he's like a judge. And he's went to go find a king. And of course, you, you may know the story. Um, he went over to Jesse's house and he had, Jesse had all these sons. And they first had some tall and some fine sons. And Samuel's like, yes, this is king. The Lord said, it ain't the king. And then and, and he wanted David. And the scripture that I'm talking about, it said, but the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see 
how my timer spent. I still gotta talk about Big Brother, so I guess it's gonna be a little bit longer episode. Anywho, back to the beginning. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by the appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So, yeah, I kind of saw that. That's a good word for people trying to choose a husband because, you know, the husband is like the king of your household. Don't choose them by their appearance or their height, even though, you know, appearance and height is very important. (laughs) I'm playing. Because, no, you need to choose them based on what's up in that heart. So, yeah, anywho. Tisha need to address her issues and then her husband need to be more sensitive to her issues. He need to pray for her and he need to give her some grace while she worked that stuff out because, because he was talking about she need to learn how to prioritize stuff early in the episode and I was agreeing with him but after I saw that stuff, those issues, I was like, she can't prioritize nothing until she get those issues right. So yeah. That's why I feel about that. Marcel gotta have to give that girl some grace because he know she got some serious issues and she I think it's starting to sink in that she got some serious issues. So you know the um episode ended with like Corona's real, we had to shut down shooting. So I don't know if there's gonna be an episode next episode. But I guess whenever it's an episode again, hopefully Tisha and her husband's in a better place, Mel and her husband's in a better place, and Kimmy and her husband's in a better place. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see this episode next next um, week. It's kind of funny that like you could tell Alabama was late. They're like, you know, this is the same kind of coronavirus and it's real. They still having parties and get togethers and stuff. They just canceled the one little event that you should want to go to. So yeah, that's um Love is Marriage Huntsville. Let's move to Big Brother. Yay! So of course we all know Bailey's gone. And this has been a very tough week for my girls in the house. Now only one girl, Dayvon, in the house. You know, they had to put over some pure nonsense, a battle. And I think Bay did good, all things considered. She did really good. She didn't pop off for real nobody. So that's really good. She did really good. And, you know, I said they had to play with some pure nonsense. I'm not going to go through what the nonsense is, but I will call the people out who did some nonsense towards them. And the people are Cody, Danny, Tyler, Christmas, and essentially everybody in that house because they kept their mouth shut and let that stuff happen. Then nobody in that house called those people on their stuff, and that's what should have happened. But that's neither here or there. The only bright spot is, you know, they got $5,000 for the competition. Apparently, Bay, Bay did really give her um, challenge as well, her little punishment, but they didn't show that on the real thing. And then I, had, I didn't see no clips from the feed of it. That would have been nice, a clip of the whole thing from the feed. Because I don't even really know what the punishment was. She had to ride around on a tricycle, I guess. I did look at a little bit of Jolene's commentary, the Thursday night commentary, but I fell asleep on it and I didn't care enough to rewind and rewatch. But um 
So I don't know who won the head of household challenge from a spoiler or anything. I know that Bailey, no, not Bailey, they didn't win because she was like the first one to fall off the little thing. They did say that. I was awake enough to know that. I knew that from Twitter. I think she fell super quick. But I will say this, despite all the nonsense that the girls went through, the Lord is working on Tyler's heart. I believe that for real. I don't care what happened. I don't care if he took it back. The Lord is working on his heart. Because, you know, Pharaoh took took back all the times he let those slaves go before he finally let them go for real. So, yeah, the Lord's working. He worked on his heart. I hope he worked on those other people's hearts as well. So, I know the Lord is moving. I know the Lord is shaking. I know that he is in control. So, let's move into my list. So for my target defense list, I think Christmas is on that list. And that's kind of a shot in the dark where she really lies on the list. But I think we'll see, you know, what happens in the show this week. I think that that head of household did not, was not played well. Christmas did not get a good job. I think she did more damage than good to her game through her actions as head of household. I think if she was smart, she would have put up David and Kevin and maybe backdoor someone like backdoor Ian or something if 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 you can. But she did not because she's she not she's not smart. So that's why I put her on the target defense list. I also put Day on that list. Because, but hopefully that's her last week on the target defense list. And I put Ian on the list because he's starting to pop up on people's radars. As far, I think both Day and Ian has a potential to move into a spendable land, but they're not there yet. They're not quite out of the woods as of yet. We'll see how this weekend, this week plays off. Now the spendable people, I believe, are David and Kevin. I think they're gonna kind of stay there for the whole duration of the game. Unless David sit there and pull out some pull out some wins toward the end and end up being a Jedi master. Surprise, surprise. He gonna be on the spendable list. You know, I'm optimistic. I always think that everyone can have a comeback. So as far as the target offense list, I think it's Cody, Danny, and Tyler lives there. And in my sweet spots, I think Memphis has moved back to sweet spot land. Ain't nobody checking for him. Enzo and Nicole Francel. So, yeah, that's my list. Of course, I want to pray for Dave. And, yeah, I have my little prayer list. Let's move on to the prayer. Lord, I just thank you for being a good and a gracious and a wonderful God. Just thank you that you provided so richly for us, especially me and I'm sure other people like me who are in their nice paneled houses. Like, yes, I don't have a paneled house, have an apartment, but it's a nice apartment. And I'm thankful that I'm comfortable here. It is quiet here. And I feel snugly here. So I just really thank you for that, Lord. 
I'm here today to pray for, you know, my reality shows. First of all, I just pray for joy and Ginger's pregnancy. Oh, Lord. I told you, Lord. I feel cozy. But anywho, you know, you know how I'm feeling. Well, anywho, Lord, I just pray for joy and Ginger's pregnancy. I pray that both of these ladies have a nice and safe and swift delivery, Lord. I pray they bring these babies to term. I pray that no weapon form against us a heart so prosper. I feel, pray that these babies are to be and develop um, fearlessly and wonderfully made. That everything is beautiful in your sight. Everything is developing exactly how you plan, exactly how you ordain, Lord. And I just thank you, Lord, that they come into this world praising you come in this world. I pray that both of these babies grow up in the fullness and the holiness and the beauty of Christ. In Jesus' name, I pray they're sensitive to your Holy Spirit from an early age. I pray, Lord, that you just put a hedge of protection from these babies right from the beginning, right from the start. In Jesus' name. And I just pray, Lord, that both of these women just do not have fear as they go into their deliveries. And I pray that their deliveries are sweatless victories, miracle deliveries, Lord. But little to no pain, in Jesus' name, I pray, amen. I also, Lord, I pray for Monster from Love and Marriage Huntsville. I pray, excuse me, that his parents and his step-parents take him seriously, that they don't laugh at his dreams, laugh at his visions, laugh at his ideas. But they actually think about how can they make it happen? How can they encourage and foster that imagination? Or I thank you, Lord, that he has a whole village or community of people who surround him and, and tell him who he is and tell him things that um, improve his esteem, improve knowing who he is and knowing that he belongs to you and you care for him in Jesus' name. Um, Lord, I also pray that um, Tisha gets the help that she needs, especially during this downtown in Corona. I pray that you provide a way and a will for her to be able to Get the help that she needs from you in Jesus' name, that you are the great physician, Lord. You can heal wounds that we didn't even know that we had. You could, It says, thank you, Lord. It says, behold, I made all things new. So I thank you for making all things new in Tisha's life. Despite what went on in the past, despite what, what the evil that was spoken over her, despite the situation that she was in that may have been less than ideal, Lord, I pray that she has her identity in you and what you said she was, she is, not what other people try to say she is. Lord, I pray she breaks those bonds with those words that she no longer allow anything that's contrary to you to define her in Jesus' name. Lord, I also pray about people who give microaggressions in Jesus. Oh yeah, I pray that because of the healing that Tisha no longer feels the need to act defensively or bring someone down when someone says some, of something that is disparaging in Jesus' name. And so I pray that that people who 
are extending microaggressions, Lord, that they no longer do that. They, they realize the error of their ways. They realize what they're doing is not right. And they repent of that and they let it go and that they no longer allow the stencils and what other people tend to say about certain situations dictate the words that they speak over certain situations. Lord, I pray that those who give out microaggressions because they feel defensively against someone or feel inferior to someone, that they no longer use that as a crutch to try to build themselves up, Lord. But instead, they use your holy word to build themselves up in you, in Jesus' name. Lord, I also pray that Tisha's husband, he extends grace to Tisha. I also pray that he is someone who is willing to pay for any type of counseling that she may need and not complain about it. In Jesus' name, I pray that he he will be the head of the household, like how you established to be the head of the household, not to be a boss or a dictator, but to be like how you said, Christ, like the head of church, Christ is the head of church, and he gave his life for the church because he loved it. And he does give his life for his family to a certain extent. But I also pray that he is okay with putting his family needs before his needs, not just in the nine to five work, but in every endeavor, every area, and know that when we earnestly follow how, what you have called us to do and be, you will provide those things to us richly and mightily upon us in Jesus' name. Um, let's see. Last but not least, Lord, I pray that people, well, not last, but two more things, Lord. I pray that people see the motives behind people's actions, Lord. With your Holy Spirit, with your power, Lord, your dunamis power, Lord, I pray that we're able to see now that you are with us, we're able to see what you see when you look at people, Lord. Not just the physical appearance, but that not just the content of their character, but the evidence of their heart, the fruit of their spirit, Lord. I pray you, you bless that. You bless people to be able to even want to see that, Lord, not to be so um, dis, not disenchanted, not to be so enchanted by outward spirit or physical attraction that they don't even take a look, take a gander at what's going on underneath the facade in Jesus' name. And I pray that people who really are looking for a true partnership that's ordained by you, Lord, I just pray you give them the steadfastness and the ability to identify what is for them and reject, not like, like in a mean way, but reject what is not for them in Jesus' name. And last but not least, Lord, I pray that people, um, I pray for day. They bond for bit, brother. Lord, just give her grace, give her mercy as she navigates the game. Lord, the full pauses she did in the past, Lord, I pray that they are completely covered up. Lord, I pray that this game is played or organized in a way that's so above ethics that people believe and have faith in what the producers are doing in Jesus' name. And I, I just pray that people are not booby trapped. I don't think they are because it's been a few weeks and I haven't seen any dirty um, petri dishes. But regardless, 
for I just praise your will be done in the schools, especially the schools that were tablet tablet um, that will publish these things in Jesus' name. I feel like I'm really rambling or because I'm kind of sleepy. I'm about to fall asleep. But Lord, all the things you know what is on my list, Lord. You know what your will is. So I just praise you, work your will out in each and every one of these people and you get the glory in their lives. I just pray that testimonies and things will happen and no one can deny that your will is done in these people's lives. That because we've humbled ourselves and prayed for these people, Lord. I pray for, um, yes, I just pray for your will be done and everyone that's connected in every one of these shows. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So yeah, that's the show. It is 11.25. I think I'll have enough time to edit this while it's still Sunday. And I hope you all have a wonderful week. Bye.